Next one. We, we do actually, w June 10th, we, I haven't got a slide for it yet, but we're going to do a combined men's event as well. We're having some Texas barbecue over at uh, French's Forest Anglican Church. We're doing a combined men's event with them as well. So we've got a, we've got a few things on the cards coming through. Um, so we're doing... We're doing Sabbath and really, really was excited this week to double down on Sabbath. Friday came around, said to my family, guys, Sabbath day today, we're not going to spend any money, we're just going to enjoy one another's company, you know, didn't we? And my daughter immediately burst into tears because she wasn't allowed to watch TV and I became the worst human in the world. Um, all Friday until mid-afternoon when I said to her, you know what, just do whatever you want to do. I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. This is not fun. You go do you, which she burst into tears again. Um, and then I realized I got myself a preteen daughter. I don't know how to interact with this girl. Um, and then Carly, who's the voice of reason at the end of the day, said to me, you know, like, it's, we just all have to come on the journey and we can't just spontaneously be there. And it's a good reminder, I think, for everything, for, especially for things like this. But there's resistance, isn't there? Like, it, it, did anyone have a crack at the workbook this week and, like, trying some of this stuff and picking a Sabbath? Just, you, this, is not, this is not a school, so I don't care if you've done it or not, right? Don't feel bad if you didn't look at it. You did, Right? And so, like, there's resist. Yeah. And did, so, what did anyone else have the resistance issues? Like, no. But <laughs> David, was it you? Is that who she's talking about? Um, no. Listen, what were some? What were some of the resistance issues? I mean, you know, like I had a daughter in meltdown because she couldn't watch TV. And but but what were some of the other reasons? Like finding a day, I would guess, was one of them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Who, who struggles with the idea of not being productive for a day? Right? Yeah. Who, who struggles with the idea of not doing any chores at all on a day? Does... Does anyone struggle with that? Okay. Just wondering. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> gardening brings me joy. It's like beating sweat off. <sighs> yeah, this looks like it's a real joy-filled day over there. Um, it's hard, right? Like we're, we're trying something new and we're trying to get to a place um, where we find delight in the Lord. So, so what were the things that bring you delight? What, what are delightful things where you go, oh man, the good Lord has blessed me here and I'm happy about this. Did anyone have that moment? What brings you delight? Yeah. <sighs> I love that. Every time you say it. Cuts me a little deeper, Doris, but I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way at 4.30 in the morning. 
<laughs> That's good. It's good. What, what else brings us to light? I had this beautiful moment in the afternoon. Sun was coming in. I was reading a book. My daughter was crying about how mean I was in the other room. And um, a worship song came on that I hadn't heard. And I just fell in love with it. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is good. I'm reading some scripture. I got some worship going. And there's just that moment of delight. Um, what else? Gardening and cooking. Do you love doing it, though, when you get a chance to do it at home? Yeah. So I, I, love, I love cooking meals, and I find great delight in that. And I think that's part, like part of the Sabbath is a meal together that brings you joy and delight. And so that's, that's an excellent one to have. Um, gardening, too. So you were you trying to sneak some chores in. Okay, good. Anyone else struggle to stop doing chores? Nope. <laughs> you had a great time. It's <laughs> good. You did, you did, you did. It was good. Um, yes. Yes. Automated lifts in Israel. They're great on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, so, so I think this is one of the things we have to wrestle out is this, um, where does it become legalistic and where does it become restful, delightful and enjoyable and rejuvenating? And, and that is always going to be a tension because I don't, I don't want to end up, you know, like Jewish or Seventh-day Adventist where we just like maximum law keeping, don't you, this is what you should do. Um, I, one of my goals personally was not to spend any money. And we did so well right until dinner time when I was like, we've got nothing in the house or Carlos for dinner. And I ruined the whole idea of not trying to spend any money on the Sabbath, right? And so um, I come home and I go fail and Carly coached me through that moment. And it was like, no, nah, it was actually, it was a good day. Um, we had a good day. This is part of the journey. We, we are trying to formulate a rest pattern into our week and that's part of what we're talking about today is finding those spaces where we can i mean there's there's one of the reasons i think uh in employment practices now they're they're trying the art of the four-day week well why would you try the art of a four-day week is if saturday and sunday are so filled with other activities no one's getting rejuvenated on the weekend and so we 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 carve a new slice out for ourselves and what we're trying to say is no we we want to stand in a conscious act of rebellion against the rhythm of what society is dictating so that we might find a place to rejuvenate. And um, if you stick around here long enough, uh, Athley hands you a book. And this week she handed me a book on Sabbath. And one of the things I found really fascinating in it was this idea that um, on the seventh day, God rested. And that was the first Sabbath. And whether or not he's still in that rest is an argument we can have another time. But when we partner into Sabbath, we partner into that rest. So the first act of Sabbath is invitational to suggest I want you to practice a six plus one and you are partnering into that rest. 
And so what we're talking about today is the antithesis of rest, which is not labor, it's restlessness. Um, I, I felt like as I was writing this message, it could have come out like a Dr. Zeus thing with restlessness. But if we are trying to encounter a nearness with God, if we're trying to be a prayerful church, if we're trying to find that rejuvenation, make Jesus the center of what we do, then finding a space where we stop, which was last week, the next part of it is rest. And the biggest challenge to that is restlessness. I, I feel like I keep on wanting to move. And what happens when you stop and sit and do nothing, you immediately feel bad. I should be doing something. And then you quiet your soul. And you try and encounter God. And your soul goes, ah! It does. Silence is deafening, isn't it? And for some reason, your soul is like, what are you doing? We should be doing something, not nothing. Because we haven't learned the art. And so it is hard. And we find that we are given to restlessness and we find it hard to rejuvenate. And so learning the art to stop and be still and being okay and honor the fact that your soul screams at you a little bit and says, what are you doing? And going, no, 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 no. Let's rejuvenate. Let's find restoration. And so rest is this restorative break from labor and worldly striving, right? It's an essential feature of Sabbath. This is one of the reasons... They got obsessive about pressing buttons or not walking too far or, you know, don't flush the toilet. We'll hire someone to flush the toilet so I'm not working on the Sabbath. Um, but it's a time for peace, a time for calm, a, a time to be free of work and chores and labor. A reminder that there is safe spaces within the world where we can find rest because unless it's safe, we don't find rest, do we? It needs to be a safe space for it to be a restful space. And so we see this through Scripture, doesn't it? The, the Lord gives us rest from the enemies around us in the land that you possess as an inheritance. You shall um, blot out the memory of insert whoever the bad guy is here and find rest and peace and calm. Uh, 2 Samuel talks about this idea. I don't have these passages up on the screen. Um, after the king was settled in his palace, the Lord gave him rest from all his enemies. Death is ultimately the final rest. There the wicked cease from turmoil and the weary are at rest. That's Job 3. The issue with rest, of course, is this restlessness and finding out a way through it because... We desire stuff, and desires are never satisfied. I, I remember when I inherited my father's 2013 Mazda 3. 
after he passed away. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a sweet car. I will never need a car better than this one. I can plug my phone into it and the music comes up on the screen. It's got cruise control, air conditioning and a 1.8 litre engine. I am in heaven, Lord, I have ascended to the heavenly realm. And then I just put it in for a service last week and I said to Carly, we need a new car. This thing's a piece of garbage. <laughs> I'm so sick of this car because desire is never satisfied. And the moment that you get your heart's desire, guess what happens? Your heart desires something else. We always want a little bit more. We chronically have unfulfilled, unsatisfied desires, so we become restless. There's this idea of um, a wheel of suffering, um, that there on one side of the wheel is craving and on the other side of the wheel is aversion and you spin around craving and when you finally hit aversion, you spin back to craving again um, and you're in this constant state of unrest. Um, and so what sabbath is is a way to kind of defy all of this and say as i move about my house or my home or my bushwalk i have enough give us today our daily bread the lord has provided i have enough i do not need any more which is one of the reasons the encouragement is is not to spend any money on the sabbath is to do that in advance. Have that day free so when you get to dinner time, you're not going, all Galo's run. You've made all the efforts so that you can cook a fantastic meal as a family at home. We're resting. We stop, we rest, we delight, we worship. We get this holistic rest, this soul rest that our soul desperately needs. Uh a rest from chores, errands, a rest from wanting and worrying. And so as we rest, we rest in the same rest, the first rest of Yahweh, a regenerative rest. Not one because we're so lazy, not one because we're so laborious, but one that says there's stuff to do, but today I stop so that I might be with Yahweh. Just like God did. Um, there's two interesting parts to this when you look at uh, Deuteronomy 5. Do you have Deuteronomy 5 up there, Austin? It says, okay, so this is Deuteronomy 5. Uh, observe the, uh, is that, observe? yeah, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you to do. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath and the Lord, um, a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of the animals, nor the aliens at your gate, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant. Everyone's supposed to rest. 
remember that you were slaves in Egypt and Lord your God brought you out of there with his mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Why? Because they lived under a yoke where they had to work seven days a week without rest. Work, 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 work. Make your quota, make your quota, make your quota. There was no rest from that. But the Lord, with his outstretched hand, has delivered you from that, and you have a new yoke, one where you have an opportunity to rest. But some of you have been successful, and you have people working for you. Guess what? They rest as well. Some of you have cattle. Guess what? They rest as well. You got cows out the back. They should be sleeping today. We're not making bacon right now. As soon as it came out, I was like, there's some double entendre there. It's not what I meant. It's not what I meant. Um, rest, 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 rest. It's a day of rest. Um, the thing is, there's a difference between when this in Deuteronomy is written and when Exodus is written. So there's a significant period of time that has passed, and so there's an observation that is given to the Sabbath here um, as opposed to the Exodus one. So can I have the Exodus one, just the start of it? Remember. See the difference there? So Deuteronomy is, is observe, but in Exodus it says remember, because we're speaking to a brand new community. It's 40 years on from the first time that they heard this. And because it's 30, 40 years on, s stuff has changed. And there's an observation of the Sabbath, which means uh, within its context to guard it, to protect it, to watch over the Sabbath, as opposed to here in Exodus where it says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Is there's a, you need to understand the history of this, that, that there is no quota over you anymore, that you need to find a place for you to rest. And for you to find rest, you need to understand that even though that there might be work for you to do, that's not the purpose here. The purpose is for you to stop and find delight in the Lord. It's a reminder of liberation. Yahweh has liberated them from the yoke of an oppressive Pharaoh who demanded a quota seven days a week. And they do not live under that authority any longer. But they're under a new authority that says, rest. There are no quotas over your heads. There are no quotas over your slaves' heads. There are no quotas over your manservant's head, over your maidservant's head. There is no quota over your oxen's head today. Today is a day of rest. It is a day, as A.J. Swoboda says, of scheduled social justice. Your servant, your employee, your cattle and your livestock rest today. Now, the hardest thing about all of this, I think, is enough. If we don't address the desires of our heart, then we 
never feel like we have enough. But on a Sabbath day, the whole point is to say, no, enough. <laughs> enough work, enough chores, enough labor, enough shopping. Let's just rest and find delight in that. We, um, we, we had a moment, Max and I, um, Carl's wasn't there because she was doing her joy in the garden. Um, but I, Max and I went on a bushwalk um, and we went down the flat rock beach and we just, you know, throwing stones out in the, in the ocean like it's, it's nothing special or um, heavenly about it. But it was just that like, it was just fun. And we were just doing the whole thing for the purpose of fun. And that was the whole sense of Sabbath is that that's how it started. We went on this big walk. So we got our exercise in, we threw our stones in it, and we came back, and we built a frog pond. And um, one of the problems with our frog ponds is there's no tadpoles in it. So it's just, it's a body of water with a plant in it. But on the way back, we found like a, uh, a divot in the, in the side of the guttering of the road, and there was tadpoles in there. And so we went and grabbed some cups and came back and rescued some tadpoles and put it in the frog pond. Now we've got tadpoles in the frog pond. But it was like completely pointless and utterly brilliant all at once because it was just a day of fun. And that, that's how we started. Is that that's the purpose of Sabbath. And I don't know where we stand on this or how we're, how we're going, but... I know that Luke and Sammy, who Luke's sick, sick today, and he sent me a message this morning, but they want to actually run a little session up here on a Tuesday night. And if anyone wants to come up and join them and work through this Sabbath stuff together, I know that, Dan, you've been pretty passionate about it as well, is that there's a few of us in, in here who have kind of gone on this journey already and unpacked some of this and maybe are a few weeks on from where we're all at as a community but I want to encourage you, next week I'll get him up to share a little bit about it. But we want to kind of walk on this journey together and just see what comes of it, right? Because if we stuck it on the wall, so we better do it, right? Like we better figure out a way to make Sunday rejuvenating. We, we, we want to figure out a way to make following Jesus the center of what we do. And I was having this, she's not here today, but I was having this wrestle with Anne is that, uh, <laughs> yeah, I had a Lucha Libre mask on. Yeah. She was all dressed up as well. Um, she had face paint. Um, and I came in off the top rope. Like, yeah, he, she, was, she was like, we need to be more prayerful as a church. And I was like, we can't be prayerful until we're restful. Right? If we can't be prayerful until we've got a margin that we can be prayerful in. There's no point. Like, we can scream as much as we want. We need to be a prayerful church, Doris, and unless we're praying a whole bunch more and we are pray, 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 we say that now and we're all like, oh, when? Right? When? How? Where do I slot it in? We can't be a prayerful church until we're a rested church. Until we have margins in our life. Until we figure out a way to move slower. Until we have 
Kayla said it this morning, the Balana experience. Yeah? What happens when you get off the plane in Balana? You're like, oh, Balana life. Anyone, anyone else have a, have a town like that where they, when they arrive in it, they're just like, oh, Meriwether Beach, Newcastle, yeah? Mm. Head down to the bars at the, at the pools down there. You're like, ah, it's good, right? It's nice. It's just restful. Put like the ocean pools are cool in Newcastle. They're not cool here, but up there are very cool. We all have, to get there, the reason Ballina feels like that, or whatever your town feels like that, is because it feels like there's margin. Things are moving slower. Have you ever you, you ever done a dr- drive from Sydney all the way up to the, the northernmost part of Queensland? Okay. Let me explain. Yeah, okay. Let me explain how it works. In Sydney, we're trying to do five three things in a day, right? Just there's two things in the morning, two things at lunchtime, one thing in the evening. We're going for it, right? And as we drive up, we hit Newcastle. Suddenly, there's only three things in the day that we can do. It's a margin. And then we get all the way up to Byron Bay. Now we're down to two things. We're just trying to accomplish two things. By the time you hit North Queensland, they're barely trying to get one thing done in a day. What's the one thing we're doing today? You go, what do you mean? Like before lunch or after lunch? They're like, whoa. No, we're just going out to lunch today. And you're like, but what's dinner time? We already did lunch today. We're done for today. Tomorrow we will do another thing, one of them. And then you get on a plane and come back to Sydney and we're back. Hey, listen, we've got to do 16 things today. What's happened? It's not like North Queensland isn't getting stuff done. They're getting stuff done. It's just at a different velocity because there's margins. There's margins in Ballina. There's margins in Barrie on a Monday, not on a Saturday, because that's when all the city, S- Sydney guys are down there. Um, there's margins in Jindy, right? That's what we're trying to figure out here, is there is a way to live in Sydney with margins that allow us the place to find it rejuvenating, okay? But the combat that we have to be aware that we have a restlessness in our own heart that speaks against that. We need to consume, we need to buy, we need to purchase, we need to do chores, we need to do work. Yes, guess what? That list never stops. There's always stuff you can throw on it. And what God is extending to us is an opportunity to say, enough, today we ain't doing anything except enjoying the good company of the Lord. And so then it doesn't really become a question about should or not we should press the button. It's like, well, if it saves me walking up the stairs and press the button. <laughs> um, it becomes doing the things that fill us up and delight us. So we worship and so we exercise and so we read a good book and so we catch tadpoles with our kids or our grandchildren or whatever it might be and do the things that bring us delight and bring us joy and bring us happiness and remind us 
of the good things that God has given us and that we don't need more because today we have enough. And so we celebrate the enoughness of Sabbath. Um, We're going to have another crack at it this week. Uh, I want to encourage you to have a crack at it and do the same. And maybe you're like, I can't find a day. Great, find half a day. Whatever it is, find some times where you can say, I'm not, this is a God time. And let's keep trying and keep seeing if we can create a new rhythm, this, this heavenly six plus one rhythm that I talked about last week so that we can find that place of rest. Let's pray. God, you liberated the people from captivity in Egypt and you mandated rest. Lord, that we might find the same liberation from consumerism, from the desires of our heart, from pursuit of more, And Lord, that we might be comfortable with enough. Lord, enough for you. Enough to say thank you for the blessings that you give us. For the delight that we have in you. Because Lord, you, Lord, you are enough. Amen.